It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. To the Flowtrack Podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. Flowtrack Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. I got this text from you, Gordon. I want to start here. I'm going to read an out of context Gordon Mac text where it says, The more and more I look into this, they legitimately can win. And this was about the Iowa State men. You went overtime on your bold prediction for 2021. You didn't just say something on the pod and then move on. Then you started sending me, I'm not going to read all of this, but then you started sending me their whole roster of who can score. And it sounds like you've talked yourself fully into the Cyclones for 2021. I feel like I've, I've sent you the phrase, the more and more I look into this, I think they can win with the backbone being the Sixers. <laughs> Cause I probably <laughs> think that every, every other day, uh, the more and more I look into this, I think Joel Embiid will be MVP. <laughs> Which is speaking of being MVP, he's plus one thousand. You also for MVP s- odds. You need to take those odds. I also I also got that too from you. I got to scroll up on my text. Here it is: the uh, awards tracker for MVP. But Iowa State, ex- can you explain yeah. to the people? So I was actually looking more into it. I was actually texting their assistant coach about it, and they they are aware that they have like kind of like the way Wisconsin had that good indoor team. NAU had a good mm-hmm. indoor opportunity. BYU outdoors um, last year. You know, it's like it's always fun to find like the non-traditional team that the non-Oregon, the non-Florida, the non-AM that has an opportunity. Right. And yeah, I mean, I got some more information. So like, here, to, I'll, I'll form it out for you right now. So they can yeah, go one, two into ten k. Kurgot and Kip two can go. And you're going to do the math for me, all right? You keep tracking the math. Edwin Kurgat and, and Wesley Kip, too, can go 1-2 to a 10K. The only one out there who could probably beat them is someone from BYU, but no, I think they're going to go 1-2. So that's 18 points. They're going to go 2-3 in the 5K. Assuming Louis Grijalva wins the 5K, Kurgat and Kip, two can go 2-3. I mean, so what is that? Can you add that 18 up? 18 plus 14, 32. 
Boom. Okay. Now they have this guy named Fogel, Fogel's Tans. Fogel's Tans? I don't know how to say his last name. He's a 400-meter hurdler. He's run 50-point low. And if you're a 50-point low guy, you're on the conversation of being like being able to make the final. Like Normally it's 49 mm-hmm. high, 49 mid-high makes the final. So if he improves, I could see him knowing that, hey, this is our one chance for a team title. Let's give him seventh. So that's two more points. So what are we at now? We're at 34 points. Boom. All right. So, wait, is that it? Yeah, 34. So next, you have the hammer throw. They have this kid mm. named Vlad Pozlenko, who... Okay. Another another kind of similar to 400 hurdles. I think, let's give him one point. Let's give him one point. Let's say he can get eighth. So what are we at? Just one, huh? Just one for yeah, Vlad. Just give okay. him one. Give him one point. Gets eighth. Then they have... 800-meter runners, and 1,500-meter runners. They have Festus Legat, Rashawn Rooms, uh, Daniel Nixon, and Alex LeMong. That's a lot. They have four good 800-meter runners. One who is a NCAA title contender in Festus Legat. Rashawn Rooms, he's like a 147 guy. Nixon and LeMong are both 148 guys. So of those four people, I think they throw Legat, into the 1500. Hell, maybe even try to double him. I think Lagat can get second in the 1500 behind um, Notre Dame. So it's eight points. I think I think Rooms can get fifth. I think Nixon can get sixth. So that's another seven points. So seven and eight. So 15 points among those four athletes. So where are we at now? That would be 50. Okay. Now hear me out. They also got a good four by four. <laughs> they do because rooms can run. A, okay. they, they, they got the 400 hurdler who can run fast rooms can run a fast 400. Nixon can run a fast 400. They, they actually sneakily have a good four by four, not three minute four by four, but they could on a good day, maybe get eighth. So where are we at now? 51, 51. points, right? Yeah. Here we go. I'm not done. I'm not done. You know, do you know more. who else is they on the team? They got, yeah, they got more. Do you know who else is on the team? Well, you already three said time tra- got the three time three time transfer, Tanner Anderson. Okay, who uh, he still got started at Oregon, man. went to Washington, now he's at Iowa State. Boom, maybe he sneaks in a point or two in the ten k, right? Okay, we'll give him one. And then here, so we're at fifty two. Yeah, it's yeah fifty two. Now here's the last one. They have these two Kenyan transfers, one from a junior college and another one from Eastern Kentucky. Nehemiah two mm-hmm. and and Ezekiel Rop, they're like fourteen flat fourteen ten guys, right? So mm-hmm. nothing to write home about. But here's the thing: if they teach them how to run the steeple in a year where no one <laughs> is running the steeple, right? We don't even know who's good in the steeple right now. It's a weak <laughs> event. They could steal some points, man. There is a window where they're like. Who who's out there like trying to become a steepler right now? Kenya mm-hmm. has it in their blood with you know the great steeplers steeplers of over in, over internationally. Hey man, throw them in there; they can sneak in three or four more points. Say they, they say they get seven points between you know let's let's be more modest. Say they get four more points. Hey, we're now okay. at fifty five points. Fifty we're in fifty five range. Fifty six points. 
Dude, 56 can win, man. They can straight up win. Oh, they can more than win with 56. Now, is that yeah. steeple thing something that's they're actually considering, or did you just make that up? No, I just texted them saying, hey, teach them how to steeple. That was just my idea. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. So that's probably not going to happen. Okay, but... But it should. You should recognize, like, if you have these... If you have, like, a bunch of... If you have two 14 flat guys, and you're like, hey, we could win a team title, wouldn't you want to just see, like, hey, let's throw them out in the steeple and then see if they can run 840. And if they can run 840, you're like, oh, maybe we should put them in the steeple, you know? Yeah. I just think it's worth it. Well, you bring up a good point because a lot of the top talent in the steeple won't be there. But that you could say that about a lot of different events. But the steeple in particular, Fahey, Mahalski, Obsa Ali, those were the the bigger names. I guess Ryan Smeaton's still around for Oklahoma State, still has eligibility. He would probably come in as the person with the fastest personal best, if I recall. But you're right. You're right. There's definitely more more there you were pretty conservative in some of those estimates it's not like you were saying the hammer thrower has to win or they need to get eight points out of the 400 meter hurdles you were pretty conservative and you still got to to uh that that number of 56 so definite podium definite podium but i like that i like that you're putting it out there i like that you're spreading this around you're not just putting all the pressure on wisconsin and nau you've decided to pick a new team where you just heap a bunch of pressure onto them and then there's going to be a poor who's playing the role of oliver whore who's going to be the person who has to run seven events because gordon decided they had a chance at this thing oh it's going to be their 800 meter guys because we're no, going to have them that's the guy who might have to double in the 15 or 800 meter guys who have to run like two rounds of the four by four along with their two rounds of mm -hmm. the 800 that type of stuff check this out uh <laughs> the eighth top returner in like the steeple I believe it's like 845. So like there's an opportunity. If 845 is like the cutoff for all American, man, you you can find a 14 flat guy and throw him in there and run 845. At least that's what what's I think. the what's the returning list look like for the steeple? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. Okay, well let me let me include uh oh man, I got I gotta do a different hold on. Give me I gotta do it in a different way because the the T first list doesn't include results done at uh um NCAA's. Oh, well, just NCAA read me the NCAA list. Read yeah, read the NCAA list. I mean, no, no, no. I'm no. sure we'll have some some guys. I got it. I got it. As I mentioned, Smeaton, but there's probably okay. somebody else that I'm missing. So, there. all right. Oh, people ran fast at prelims. Okay, so this does change it a little bit. Anyway, okay. So you got Smeaton. 8.27, then Matt Owens, 8.32, Ed Trippus of Princeton, 8.33. Hey, Princeton's not going to be able to run. We'll take them out, right? Because Princeton's going to be, the Ivy League's going to be like, you're not running till 20.32. Uh, but we'll keep them in just for the hell of it. So that's third. 8.33 is third. Fourth is 8.34, Alec Baston of Minnesota. Fifth is BYU, Kenneth Rooks, 8.36. Six is... Clayson Shumway, 8.36. Seventh is Keegan Chamati of Middle Tennessee, 8.38. Eighth is John Rice of 8.38. I have a feeling, though, some of those people are gone. Like, I think John, it's John, John Rice is done, I think. So let's add two more spots. 
Ninth is Nathan Malenik, 838. And then 10th, Albert Kosegi, Louisville, 838. So it's basically 838, just mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. sub 840, I think will be. Which is doable. Off. I mean, this is hard because is doable. I'm looking at I'm looking at year eligibility in 2019. You know, there's people who probably could, who are like not going to take their fifth year, who are juniors in 2019 and just screw it in 2020. Um, so you don't really know for sure, but I mean, the avenue is there. That's all I'm trying to say. The avenue is there. When you read those names, it made me think: Does BYU have a chance to win the NCAA outdoor title? Well, they yeah. I mean, that was in 2019. They had all the BYU guys in the steeple and the 10K, 5K, and they they almost yeah. podiumed. I remember they were close. Right. Just it just didn't. They happen. didn't run very well in this in the steeple. They didn't. They could have gotten a bunch more points in the in the steeple. They didn't do well in the steeple, but they did incredible in the 10,000. I guess they don't have the uh, non-distance events like a team like Iowa State does. So their points would basically just be limited to the to the distance events unless they have somebody I'm not considering in in the field. But I mean, Mance, Vance will be right up there. He's going to get some points. Klinger, you think, could get some points. It'll be yeah. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I like how we're talking about outdoors. We just skipped right over indoors and cross country. We're just zooming through. That's a good that's a good segue. Good segue. Why are we skipping indoors? Because I don't think no they should have Olympics? an indoor. We, we don't we didn't we talk about we don't think there should be an indoors this year. Yeah, I posted the clip on the site yesterday. You called indoors a luxury, which uh, in this year, which I agreed with. And I thought the priority should be on getting outdoor meets. We know there's gonna be outdoor meets, at least for pros in what the end of january beginning of february people have been announcing meets or there's been enough rumors about meets and those i would assume you've talked to more college coaches than i have but i would assume gordon that it it would be difficult for a college kid to run an outdoor meet before the outdoor season correct because they have their team is probably either doing indoor or cross country or maybe they're doing a hybrid of both, but it would be tough then for them to try to find an outdoor meet within all of that, I would guess. Yeah, and I was talking to a, a college coach, and the more and more I look at the, the indoor landscape, this is like the stars aligning for Power 5 coaches. Because Power 5 coaches have always said, they kind of want to kind of have their own indoor championship. They kind of they don't like it when the NAUs come in and crash the party or like something just random happens. They want it to be very like similar to like the SEC championship. They just want the best of SEC, best of Big 12, ACC, Big 10, Pac-12, and those are your champions. And because of the way these indoor schedules are starting to shape out, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more about these new indoor meets that are popping up, there's gonna be very it's gonna be very hard for non power five athletes and schools to have access to qualify for NCAs. And as a result, NCAs is gonna be like ninety to ninety-five percent power five schools, which is basically what the Floridas and AMs and organs of this world want, right? And it's gonna be kinda it's gonna be a unique it's gonna be a unique year and it's gonna be really hard on the, the NAUs, the 
New Mexico's and the others of, you know, the, the BYU's of this world. Um, I do know that I think Washington is going to be doing a, like a smaller version of what they do. I think they're going to try to do like, because Washington normally has like what, like five heats of the 5K, but they, here they might be like, all right, we're only bringing 10 5K runners who all we think can run 13, 50 or faster, right? So I think they're going to try to turn it into super elite, elite meet for college. But even then, it's it's going to be hard for like Arkansas talked about all their meets. So basically, Arkansas, Clemson, A and M, uh, Texas Tech. They're all basically hosting Power Five only meets, and it's gonna. There's not really going to be opportunities for a random kid from Indiana State to, you know, qualify in the mile. Instead, it's going to go to another four flat guy from A and M or from, you know, Oregon or something like that. You you got muted on me. You're muted. Sorry, the Indiana State guy will just have to do it in their home meet. Or that woman from a smaller conference will have to just jump that high in their own meet or their, yeah. the meet with the, the school that's only an hour away. I think what we're seeing is everything is going to be self-contained as much as possible There's for the next couple of months. There's going to be pro-track meets outdoors. There's going to be pro-track meets indoors. There's going to be NCAA meets indoors. There's going to be NCAA cross-country meets that take place. But there's not going to be as much mixing – and we're used to everybody being thrown together into one big party on the track or on the course. And we're not going to see that as much, which is – it shouldn't be as jarring as it is. But because we're so accustomed to that, that's how the sport being run, it is a little bit weird to think about how it's going to happen. Because I guess we, we just kind of go through this like group by group, right? If you're a pro distance runner – how are you approaching the next couple months? What sort of meets are you running if you're a pro distance runner in the next couple months? Are you doing indoor? You're, are you doing outdoor? You're, if you're a pro distance runner, you're you're skipping indoors and you're just trying to find these pop-up outdoor meets that will occur in warm weather states. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, gonna, what if you're yeah. what if you're a pro sprinter? What are you doing? Pro sprinter? If you're a good pro sprinter, you're probably maybe doing one indoor race. And then call it, a, call it a season, maybe two, but, or maybe you're going to do zero to two if you're a good pro mm-hmm. sprinter, because you're, you're just realizing there's nothing in it for you. You know, you just might as well just like get ready for ripping fast ones in April and May. Um, that's what I think is going to happen. I think we have like uh, Atlanta, tra- the American Track League just announced mm-hmm. that they're doing like a four meet series in in arkansas where they're gonna have like eight different events it's just good and they already say announced like who they have coming which is just paul doyle athletes so far because he's the one who's putting it together um but paul doyle agent paul doyle um i think we're gonna try to make what milrose is but we're not gonna get it like milrose only exists because of People, money. They have a really good prize money and really good appearance fee money, and that's mm-hmm. not going to be. People aren't going to be spending like hotcakes right now. They're going to be like, trying to save up. USA Indoors mm-hmm. is probably going to be like, screw it, we got to save up. I bet you New Balance 
Boston is going to be like, uh, what are we doing? Let's just try to save up. They might try to – I mean, they're still on, but I just think the athletes are going to – I don't think athletes are itching to run indoors. They're itching to run the Olympics and run for the Olympics. And putting up a new 60-meter PB, it's like, okay, cool, or running a 1K or running a 600, like – does Donovan Brazier need to fly across the country to run a 600-meter run at New Balance? Right, right, right. I, right, I don't know. Right. He's, he's, it's not as – yes, when like, hey, it's like good for your season, it gets you good race reps, but like it's not going to be the same. And I just think it's best for him to kind of be like, hey, let me just focus on the eight. But I don't yeah. know. I'm kind of talking in circles what about- here. Well, what about – let me run through some other groups and you tell me what you think that they're going to do. So you said a pro distance runner would probably opt for just outdoors, right, as soon as they could. Pro spreader, maybe one indoor meet and then just wait. Okay, NCAA – how about NCAA non-Power 5 distance runner? What do they do the next couple months? That's the hardest one. Uh, wait, what level? National championship caliber. National championship caliber. They do one or two indoor meets and then focus. cross country? And then just focus on cross country. I think the indoor meets will just be a training session for conferences and nationals. I think a lot of the distance people, the focus is going to be cross country. Okay. I think they're going to – yeah. What about Power 5 distance runner at that same level? How do you think they'll approach it? Will they will same they thing. same thing but with indoor at the end or same thing and you think they'll go cross country? I think the more and more I think about it, I just think that if you are a distance runner on a top 40 team, you're not doing indoors unless you can win indoors. Like, I just think that if you're a distance runner who's on a team that can make nationals, you're just going to focus on that. The only exceptions will be the Yared Naguses, the Luis Corjalvas, Connor Mances, who like, hey, I might win, right? Like the top, top tier will do both. But I think once, like if you're like a 359 miler, you're going to be like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, no, you're going to just focus on like, but if you're like a 356 miler, you're going to be like, all right, we're going to try to do both. That's what I think. So okay. Then. So there are going to be people who who do both, but in the run up to it, you think the emphasis will be more on cross country than it would yeah. be on indoor. Okay. I think it's. I think the races are going to be. They're only going to take one shot at qualifying. Oh, it didn't happen. Okay, they're not going to chase times. Like, oh, I need to get top 16. I think they're just going to mm-hmm. be like. Hey, we got it. We don't got it, and then move on. Like I think, yeah, they're just gonna not put pressure on themselves to try to do well at indoors. It's like the only people who really care about doing well at indoors are the Power Five sprint coaches, like type people who are like don't need to worry about cross country and be able to f- put all their focus. You know, mm-hmm. like the the team that really has it the hardest, I would say, is Arkansas, both the men and the women's side. 
because they have, they have a host good, every meet. and they're host they're, they're hosting everything. Yeah, and they have a team that can a, a legit team that can win on both ends, right? So it's like mm-hmm. that's because like if you're like say you're a sprinter on Arkansas. If the coach decides to pull his distance runners, your team goes from we could win to maybe we'll get sixth or eighth, right? And then if you're a distance runner and you force them to run indoors, they're like, hey, we could win cross country, but now we're getting 10th. It's like that's the hardest one of them all is I just can't imagine what Bucknam and Hart Harder are doing right now because they're probably like, shit. What the hell are we gonna do? Who do we? It's like having to choose which child you love more, right? You want to say mm-hmm. I love both my kids equal, but this is the moment where you actually have to reveal who who's the child that you actually love more. You know, that's that's the sad part. I mean, that's what they're gonna have to do. I mean, if yeah, Bucknum could, if Bucknum takes all of his distance runners and throws them in mix with his sprinters. That Arkansas team will be the favorite to win indoors. Yeah, but so, if Bucknum rests them, that Arkansas team will be one of the top challengers to NAU and BYU. It's just like, what do mm-hmm. you do? If they weren't hosting it, I think it'd be even more of a toss-up. But because they're hosting indoors, I think that pushes it in the direction of you try to get it done indoors, and also because it comes first, and because you do it, you emphasize the fact that you're a complete program. Lance Harder talks about this all the time. Cross country, they use that as a building block for indoors, which is a building block for outdoors. There's a very clear succession of priorities. Now they've been really good. They won the national title. Last time they had a cross country championship for Arkansas. Um, but that's his his line of thinking. So that that's what would lead, lead me to believe that they would focus in that order on the women's side. Men's, men's is a little different because that men's program has a better shot at a title this year in cross country. You're right. It's like a tough, it's a tough decision, but I think because they're hosting, although now if there's no fans, it's, I mean, does that change it at all? I guess yeah. you get more coverage though, because it's at home. I mean, you, and could, it, it, yeah. you could also argue that like, Hey, if you're the cross country, if like maybe Bucknum could be like, all right, Say we do, like we're. It's not like we're. They're gonna have everyone back for the 2021, like fall version of cross country. So then maybe they might realize like, okay, let's just try to win indoors, and then we can. We're not. We we're not gonna win cross country in March, but like, who cares? Like, let NAU win it again, and then we'll come back and try to beat them in 2021 fall. You know. Right. Right. When it's a more normal schedule. But just yeah. focus on one – try to do one thing here and do it well and then not not go crazy trying to stress people out and start yourself yeah, ins- in. Instead of trying to get two fourth places, get a first yeah. and an eighth. Like would you rather go fourth and fourth or first and eighth? You know, yeah, well, and you're right because it gives the sprinters and the field of an athlete something more to compete for if they know that they have a legit shot at a national title as opposed to yeah. they could get their, – they could do their best and their – going to be eighth this is a a whole team a whole program rowing in the same in the same direction do you You have any other thoughts on the you gotta think that the floridas and lsus and a&ms and the other 
the, the Houston's and Texas Techs, the teams that they're probably like praying that Bucknum cares about cross country because <laughs> if he doesn't, Arkansas is going to be super dominant in the distance events because we know the distance events are not going to be as strong. And if they're not as strong and then you're able to like Bucknum could like have could be what NAU was last year because they could just be like, we have everyone and everything, you know, yeah, from the yeah. mile up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm excited for races to start. Speaking of races, like Clemson's hosting a meet tomorrow. We're starting to get indoor, man. More, mm-hmm. Most indoor meets start next week, but, hey, we have a Clemson yeah. indoor meet. I got, I got the heat sheets. We're ready to go, oh, you man. Yeah. You want to you just start reading names. Just, just start going through them one by one. <laughs> Corey Carter of Clemson, not the oh, Corey Carter. Of- I was, I was like, wait, what? World champion Corey? <laughs> yeah, no, Carter? I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. Um, Who's what I'm teams like, are there? Tell me the teams, just so I have an idea of what caliber meet we're talking about. Uh, team unattached. Okay. Team Duke, Georgia Tech, and Clemson. There's a Nike. Okay, so oh, we got Natalia Gould and Krishana Williams running the 600. Leon okay, so there is some. Is running the six hundred. So there is some people that aren't. Co- well, I'm assuming Natoya Ghoul is probably a, a volunteer assistant for Clemson. Yeah. I don't know about Christian Williams, so maybe that's how she's able to do that because I think it's probably pretty difficult for, as I said before, for colleges, collegians to run with pros and pros to run with collegians. Um, yeah, the the first one I'm looking forward to is next Saturday, that first Arkansas college meet. That should be yeah. that should be pretty good. I'm excited about I'm excited about that one. Um, yeah, I'm looking at these. Any meets. last? I mean, there's, there's there's not many good athletes. There's just a couple, but it's a uh, it's a starting block. It is weird though seeing like Clemson having these meets and knowing like what the what they're dealing with with their men's program getting shut down and it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So kind of feel bad for like you know like all these athletes like i see all these clemson male athletes so i know like hey this is their last time running indoors so it's kind mm-hmm. of bummer anyway yeah sorry let me bring it down a, a notch anyway continue asking no, me no. the question I like no that, I, I think we i think we ran through all the the different scenarios i didn't know if you had any last thoughts or you wanted to move on um yeah i think uh I have been talking to some coaches and some coaches to this day still don't know what they're doing for indoors slash cross country, which is wild. Can you imagine January 8th, not knowing your indoor schedule or plan? It's like, mm-hmm. it's wild. Normally, you know, your indoor yeah. schedule, like in November, right? But because yeah. of the situation and lack of being able to get into meets, um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be weird, which is good. It's good for content, right? something different it's not just the same old hey heat four heat five you know change it up it will look different yeah track will look different has for a very long time like the meets will look look different just the fact that they're restricting entries to it is going to look much more different we got an email here from a from a d3 coach um who is basically it kind of echoes what you said that the, 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 this coach has a really like a high level athlete that was trying to qualify for nationals, but the athlete's only going to have one shot to get in basically one shot to get a, 
qualifying time. Um, Which would be like because a of, well, because of limited because of limited opportunities and budgets as well too. That's the two things that are colliding here too. So um, uh, he says they might attend a last chance meet, but that's going to be be difficult. Um, so it's not just Division One, right? It's going to have impacts up and down, up and down the sport, just because of the, the amount of meets are are so drastically uh, different. I also got another email in here, uh, another one from Ezra. It says Lincoln will be missed. That's the whole email. I'm with you, Ezra. I'm with you, man. I'm same here. He will be missed. I already missed. Uh, so there's like our group text. Sometimes I, I'm realizing like I can't like maybe text the group like some conversations. I have to go just now. It's just you and me, which is just like a little depressing. You know, I want to. I want. No, I, I text, like when there's more banter involved. I I texted the group yesterday because I came, stumbled across an old Lincoln Shrike call oh, from yeah. the Iowa State Classic three years ago, and I texted it to him and made a joke about it and he didn't respond i thought it was funny i thought it was i right. thought there was gonna be a follow-up like i thought it was like you're using it as a meme reaction to some news that just broke for those who don't know oh. the, the video sent was him saying like oh she's it was about her like it was about a chase down i think it was who was it yeah it's yeah well so th i don't know they're at iowa state and it's him and i think is him and taylor Meg. on the call taylor. oh is it meg sorry sorry yeah so with 50 meters to go, he goes, this one's not over yet. And then he says, this one's not over yet. And then she yells, this is not over yet. And they just keep saying, this one's not over yet. So I don't know. What I was going to do was film. I just filmed my screen. What I was going to flip the camera around to me. And then I was going to look really seriously into the camera and say, this one's not over yet. And then that was going to be the end of it. But I have a new phone. And I didn't know where the button was to flip the camera. So then I just I just sent it as is. But yeah, it clearly was not good group text um yeah yeah he hasn't sent in this uh, he hasn't sent in the group chat since december 29th so maybe he's trying to tell us something i told him we're going to keep it going we're going to keep the the group text is not going to go away just because he's not here anymore okay one more how, one more segment one more news item i to get to go ahead. how blasphemous could we go at like talking shit about lincoln because he's probably not listening to the pod right now but like how hard could we go where it would eventually get to him, where someone would listen to us going crazy hard on Lincoln, that it would eventually like get to his DMs or like a an email to him directly? <laughs> like, what do we have to You're say right. for him to be like to find out? Like, yeah, well, you were you were trying to start rumors last podcast about why he wasn't here anymore, yeah. <laughs> but you had too many disclaimers. You kept saying it was uh, it was because the Shoe King rollout didn't go well, right? It was all sorts of things. It was a lot of blowback because of that, you know, trying to just stir the pot. Okay, last news item I want to get to for the week. Kate Grace, no longer with the Batman Track Club, Gordon. She announced it on her Instagram a few days ago, but she did say she is staying with Nike. So that's two big-name Batman athletes that won't be on the squad in 2021. Ryan Hill previously announced that he's going to hoka naz elite what do you think about this decision or this move here did she say why in her post no we never really get the why especially right in in the beginning we never get the why um yeah so no i don't know who knows do you think the why is a normal reason or like an extreme reason or just like a amicable reason <laughs> or not oh i think it's 
I think it's normal. I mean, she was very, uh, like she was very like complimentary to everybody she trained with and everything like that. So I'm I'm assuming it was a normal reason. I mean, listen, Kate Grace was good before she was in the Bowerman Track Club. Kate Grace is going to be good after she was in the Bowerman Track Club. So I don't think she has anything to worry about from a competitive standpoint. I think this is interesting though because. You talked about this last – was it you or Lincoln? One of you guys talked about this in 2019 about her best chance was in the 800, and then she was put in the 1500. <laughs> and your whole – well, she would have made the team, right? Because – Yep, she would have made it. We can, Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I just wonder now if, if maybe she'll have more freedom to choose what event she's going to be in. Not that she wasn't going to be in the 800 this year. I have no idea. But clearly the best path for her is in the 800 at this point. I think we could agree on that, right? Yeah. I mean, and they should have – I mean, when you looked at that 2019, 1500, and 800 fields, it should have – we should have recognized that the 800 field is going to send four because one of those mm-hmm. American women was going to win the Diamond League, whereas right. Shelby – or Jenny's odds of winning the Diamond League were not going to be the same way as Aji Wilson and Raven Rogers. And they should have recognized yeah. that. And they should have put Kate in the eight. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it rhymes, Kate eight, right? Just, all the signs mm-hmm. are pointing to it. And, I mean, at the same time, everyone – this was a classic, you know how, like, everyone with 400 meters to go thinks they had the best kick, but really only mm-hmm. one of them has the best kick? I think that's what yeah. this, like – Everyone thought, like, I'm a top three 1,500-meter runner, but really only three of them were. And I think, you know, it was a strategic blunder. And I think, what if, what if she ran the eight, made it? Do you think she is leaving a year later? You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how much in terms of contract stuff. I mean, if she's still staying with Nike, though, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this works. It would be – I don't know any more than anybody else does, so it would just be – complete speculation but we've talked before about oh how many people can bowerman get on the team now and you're they're getting so many people in these events that they're competing against themselves a lot of times for these spots because they have three or four women that are world championship or olympic caliber so now this this spreads it out a little bit yeah the 800 is just is just wide open after Wilson and Rogers. I think we can we can say that. So it would it would make sense that that's the event where where she would go to try to make a team. But you know, maybe she tries to do both. Maybe maybe she puts uh, her hat in the ring for both. Do you think there's a a newly formed group message between Andy Bayer, Ryan Hill, and Kate Grace, where they're <laughs> like, you know, like take take down Bowerman twenty twenty one hashtag that's take the, down yeah. Bowerman. Where they all are going to like finish one spot ahead, they're all going to get third <laughs> at the trials, and all the fourth place runners of the trials are going to be Bowerman athletes, and they're just going to be like, yeah, that'll be that'll be like that'll be kind of cool. I mean, if Andy Bear gets third and Evan Jagger gets fourth in the steeple, Ryan Hill gets third, and Woody Kincaid gets mm-hmm. fourth in the five k, you know, just keep on. It'll be it'll be hilarious. I, I be want fun, that to happen. I want that for the news fun for the news the content. I want Kate Grace, Ryan Hill, and Annie Bear all to get third at the trials, and there'll be 
all to be Bowerman athletes who get fourth. That'd be great. It Bowerman doesn't have another four hundred meter or not another eight hundred meter woman, right? So she was no, the one no. shot in that event. She was the one shot in that event. That, that's why it's interesting for me because if you look at man, how do they just how do they flood the zone at the trials? How do they get? I think I speculated this before. They could get maybe seven women or something on the t- well. It's Frerichs, Quigley. That's two. You could theoretically get two in the in the ten thousand. Say one in the five k, and then two in the fifteen hundred. That's seven right there. And then Grace in the eight hundred. They, they they could have had just a huge percentage of the of the spots. They still can, and they still will have a huge percentage of the spots, but. This was an event, the 800, where she wasn't really going to be competing against anybody from her team and an event where she didn't really have – I mean, like last year or 2019, she just needed the, needed the standard. Like this – the path is so much more direct here because, um, my goodness, yeah, just in the 15 on her team, Sinclair Johnson and Shelby Houlihan, boom, boom, right there. And that, you, you don't even get to the other women like Simpson, like Perrier, like Hiltz. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Do you know how to spell the word etc.? Well, I do etc. Dot. That's yeah, I, do. I don't think anyone in the in the world knows how to spell etc. I think it's etc. Etra. Final answer. <laughs> Can I have the origin yeah. of the word, please? <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? Etc. <laughs> Etc. Etc. Uh how are your indoor rankings going, by the way? Dude. Low key, I've been trying to do it, and it's low key very difficult. <laughs> um, with like understanding transfers and stuff like that. And just it's just like every time I do rankings, the first ones, the preseason ones, it's always the hardest and the longest because you're trying to like just find everything and find unattached results and it's just like it's just mind numbing it's a little easier now because there's not many races in 2020 but you don't want to miss like like texas they just got this random kid from england i believe who's like a 146 800 meter runner he ran it in september mm-hmm. of 2020 which if you take all only 2020 times which is basically his nca indoor season and pandemic meets he has the second fastest 800 meter time, so it's like, mm-hmm. under, like where does he, where does this random Texas kid now rank? Is he the second fastest seventh. 800 meter? Runner? Seventh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Always from know. seventh. You, New people are always seventh. <laughs> you know, and then you have the high school kids who are like, you have no idea what they are. You know, it's just like, yeah, I don't. So you're know. not gonna have rankings, is what I'm hearing, until they start not, racing. I, I might have to wait until after the first meet, and then I'll release them. Yeah, because it's just going to be before that. Yeah, so that's probably what I'm going to do. What? Here's another question question. for you. It's a little different. Who's somebody in the in the professional world who's an established person who maybe hasn't made a team for a couple years that a lot of people think, okay, they're not going to get back on the team anymore. Who you think has one last run in them? Like who's who's somebody that's people think is done or assumed to be done just because we haven't heard from them in a while that you think can make the Olympic team? Any event. Well, if if my name was Lincoln Shrike, I would say LaShawn Merritt. 
But the, yeah, he had him. He drafted him on his team. He drafted him <laughs> on his team. I was like, why are you taking Lashawn Merritt, dude? Um, so that's actually that done. was the reason why Lincoln left. By the just so people do know, that is the true reason. His draft was so bad that I said, you know what, Gordon, we got to elevate this. We got to get more people I mean, involved. You could, you could see someone like Eric Sawinski having like a dream final at the trials and gets third, right? Okay, which would be like. Kind of, and you would be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He's always in it, so it makes sense he's there, right? We don't know the eight, where the 800. We know Donovan. We we know Clayton's going to be good, but like we just the only person we've seen regularly is Donovan, and we know he's just going to win. So, hey, you never know. That third place spot could – crazy things happen, right? People who are good mm-hmm. don't make the – and it happens a lot. So I could see Eric Sawinski being like that guy who like, oh, yeah, I guess – He's super consistent, and he just did it, right? Um, mm-hmm. On the women's side, maybe like like an old school, like a Tori Bowie. I don't know. What has mm. she done? I don't know. I haven't seen her in forever. Uh, but I guess her making a team, people won't – they'll probably pretend that she's been relevant all the time, and really she hasn't been relevant since 2017 in my mind, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the last time she was good. 2017, right? Yeah, I mean, she, she was in yeah. Doha. She was in Doha, right? I remember. But was she? <laughs> this, well, it was just look. like now, it was like now non- I'm doubting myself. I mean, she was in Doha, but like she wasn't the Tori Bowie of 2017, where like she was like our American like dominant force. Yeah, so she she got fourth in the long jump, but in the hundred she got. She DNS the semis. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird. Now that I remember this, because it's like, wow, you're like, you're not, you're a world champion, um, and then it was it was it was injuries. I think is what it was. Um, okay, so Bowie and Sawinski, those are both good picks. But Bowie, I feel like doesn't really count because when if she does make the team, people are gonna think it's normal. Or I think it, I'm more on the side that it's not normal because the only reason she was there in 2019 was because she was the defending champ, not because she earned her way on, you know? I think she might be just going, transitioning to the long jump, caring more about that, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, long she had to qualify in the long jump, though. So yeah. So she was healthy, that's healthy enough at, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I like the 800 for this sort of thing, because as you mentioned, some wild things can happen in the 800. I went with Brenda Martinez. Nobody's talking about Brenda Martinez. She's been way below the radar. But as I mentioned, she did run a couple uh, races last year. She ran some 202s. So I think she could. I think she has one last, one last hurrah, one last run in her. And we've spoken before about the 800. How that third spot is up for grabs. You feel really good about Wilson. You feel really, really good about Raven Rogers. But that third spot is is up for grabs. So my don't sleep on this person for 2021, Brenda Martinez. Can I give you a, a 1B on in the Brenda Martinez world? Sh- Shannon Roberry. Sure. Right? Shannon Roberry, well, I think, is the after last year though, I don't think anybody's sleeping on her, right? True, but she hasn't when's the last time she made a team? Twenty seventeen? Seventeen? Yeah, yeah. 
Did she make 17 or is it 16 the last time she made it? Uh, let's see. She made it in 17. Yeah, she made it in 17. Okay. I, it was if, – if last year didn't happen, if she just didn't run any of those those meets yeah. and then she came, and she came into this year – um, did it, yeah. then you'd say, okay, well, that's, that's, that that's incredible. Like we totally slept on her, but I, I think after you run what 15, what did she run? Or sorry, 14, 1445 and 402 in the 15. She's, she's right there. Um, so I think you need to go, you need to go off the grid a little bit more. You need to go someone a little bit more, um, like who hasn't had a good, a, a year. Um, that good. I'm just... dude. Like, that's this more like a Ben excited. True type thing. Ooh, ben True is a good one who could make a team. Yeah, maybe. I like that yeah. one. But he still might be because I mean, he made 2019. He st- he still might be too too recent. This make you excited about what? This makes me excited about when I put my predictions to paper of like this is who I think the top three. This is I think the order, and then seeing mm-hmm. how wrong I am. <laughs> Or how right I am, right? I, yeah, I want to yeah, be yeah. right. Yeah, but yeah, every every year I think I'm like, oh no, this is this is what's gonna happen. I'm super confident. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I know something that no one else knows, and then I'm wrong. Yeah. I want to be right one day. How great would it be if, like, on like our pre-trials pod, I just go three for three on every single event, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like. Yeah, I'm, that'd be impressive. I mean, I wouldn't, I, get, yeah. I wouldn't get anything for it. That's what sucks. It's like no. I can't gamble on it or anything. So, <laughs> yeah, my my best prediction is a prediction I didn't even get right, but it was something that I was close enough to where people are like, "Wow, that was impressive." On my other podcast in 2012, after 2012, I predicted that the 400 meter record in 2016 would be broken in the Olympic final by Karani James. So I was so close. Oh. I was so <laughs> close. He was there. He was in the Olympics. You should have stopped, yourself. The... Should have stopped yeah. yourself. Yeah, That's like me and Emmanuel career. I need to stop myself. Not put it on him. Just say like, it's yeah. going to be broken. Yeah. Yeah. But I had no idea who Wade Van Niekerk was. To my, in, in, in my defense, but I was like, nope, this is going to happen. And, and so, and people remembered it and were like, oh man, like, do you remember? And I was, was, uh, I didn't want any, I didn't want any credit for it. Cause I got the person wrong, which is a big, a big deal, but it was because I called it four years out, um, that I, that I felt confident that, that that record was going to go down. Anyway, um, if you have sleepers for 2021, write in, let us know who is being slept on that could make the Olympic team. That'll be a good thing. Uh, to discuss throughout the season, but we will leave it there. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. Thanks to Alon for producing. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.